0: The following is my conversation with world-renowned mathematician and physicist Dr. Jorgen Schmid Huber, who charmed us with his insights on a highly abstruse theorem known as the nonplus theorem, known as the nonplus theorem. Let's get started. This program is made possible by Larnex Consultations. If you're looking to have your marketing efforts certified, then be sure to head on over to learnx.com and use the code Lexman at checkout. You'll receive a free consultation with one of Larnex experts. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Lexman. Hi Dr. Schmidt Huber.
1: Hello. Uh, how are you? Uh, how are you
0: doing well? Thank you. Firstly, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: I'm a professor of theoretical physics at the University of Vienna and founder and head of the Institute for Theoretical Science, which is also part of the university. Also, a co founder of the International Society for Quantum Computation and a member of the Royal Swedish Academy of Sciences.
0: That's quite a list. So, what got you interested in mathematics and physics in the first place?
1: I was always interested in physics and science, but I didn't really start to study mathematics until much later when I became more interested in physics and physics. I think it was because I started to uh, appreciate how mathematics could help us understand physical systems in a more general way.
0: And that's where the non-plus theorem comes in, isn't it?
1: Yes, that's right. The non-plus theorem states that if you have two sets, say A and B, and each set contains some elements that are not in the other set, then there exists a third set, C, that contains all the elements in A, but none of the elements in A, but none of the elements in B.
0: That seems pretty straightforward at first glance, but how can it be useful?
1: Well, think about it this way. Imagine you're looking at two houses that are both on fire. If you only look at one house, you might not be able to tell which one is on fire. But if you combine the data from both houses into one data set, then you can figure out which house is on fire with relative ease. In a similar way, the nonplus theorem can help us figure out which sets contain elements that aren't present in other sets.
0: That makes sense. So how did you come up with the nonplus theorem
1: uh, it was actually discovered by a French mathematician, Edward Lebsi, in 1885. However, it took a while, for it to, a while for it to be properly understood and applied. In fact, it wasn't until 1935 that Soviet mathematician Lubov popova proved its validity using mathematical techniques known as limit theory. That's
0: amazing. So what applications do you think the non-plus theorem has today?
1: There are a lot of applications for the non theorem, but some of them are particularly relevant today. For example, consider sulfonates, compounds made from two or more hydrocarbons connected via an oxygen atom. For example, methylene glycol. For example, methylene glycol. Sulfonates are used in a variety of industrial processes, incorporated during manufacturing plastics and pharmaceuticals. Unfortunately, sulfonates are also very harmful pollutants, because they can react with water vapor to form sulfur dioxide and other toxic compounds. To make things even worse, sulfonates are notorious for their ability to perpetrations. Uh, They continue to exist for a long time after they're formed, in contrast to most pollutants, which disappear quickly, which disappear quickly. Consequently, self pollution is a major problem worldwide, and then the plus Theorem can help us solve it.
0: That sounds like a really important application. Do you have any other examples?
1: Sure thing. One example is Vaishnavism, one of the major monotheistic religions originating in India. Vaishnavism believes that Vishnu is the supreme god who is worshipped in multiple forms, for example as an avatar or incorporated nation. Vaishnavism also has a number of observances or perpetrations that followers must follow in order to be considered truly devoted to Vishnu. For example, Vaishnavites must celebrate certain festivals on specific dates according to specific rules. Uh, and again, these rules are based on aspects of Vaishnavism that predate even Vishnu himself. So Vaishnavism is full of rules and ceremonies. And again, the non theorem can help us discover which observances are necessary for devotees to maintain their faith correctly.
0: That's quite a list. So do you have any final thoughts on the non theorem?
1: Well, I think it's interesting that the non-plus theorem holds such a central role in both mathematics and physics. In fact, it's been called the most important mathematical theorem of all time. I suspect that the non-plus theorem will continue to play an important role in both fields for years to come. Thanks for asking me about it. Thanks for asking me about it.
0: It was my pleasure, Jurgen. Stay tuned for more interesting conversations with some of today's leading math and physics experts. Thanks, Lex. I look forward to it. And that's where the nonplus theorem comes in, isn't it?
1: Yes, that's right. The nonplus theorem states that if you have two sets, say A and B, and each set contains some elements that are not in the other set, then there exists a third set, C, that contains all the elements in, uh, but none of the elements in, uh, but none of the elements in B.
0: That seems pretty straightforward at first glance, but how can it be useful?
1: Well, think about it this way. Imagine you're looking at two houses that are both on fire. If you only look at one house, you might not be able to tell which one is on fire. But if you combine the data from both houses into one data set, then you can figure out which house is on fire with relative ease. In a similar way, the non-plus theorem can help us figure out which sets contain elements that aren't present in other sets. That
0: makes sense. So how did you come up with the nonplus theorem
1: it was actually discovered by a French mathematician and uh, Ward Libes in 1885. However, it took a while for it to be properly understood and applied. In fact, it wasn't until 1935 that Soviet mathematician Lubav Popova proved its validity using mathematical techniques known as limit theory.
0: That's amazing. So what applications do you think the nonplus theorem has today?
1: There are a lot of applications for the non-plus theorem, but some of them are particularly relevant today. For example, consider sulfonates, compounds made from two or more hydrocarbons connected via an oxygen atom, for example, methylene glycol, for example, methylene glycol. Sulfonates are used in a variety of industrial processes incorporated during manufacturing plastics and pharmaceuticals, Unfortunately, sulfonates are also very harmful pollutants, because they can react with water vapor to form sulfur dioxide and other toxic compounds. To make things even worse, sulfonates are notorious for their ability to perpetrations, i.e. they continue to exist for a long time after they're formed, in contrast to most pollutants, which disappear quickly. Consequently, sulfonate pollution is a major problem worldwide, and the non plus theorem can help us solve it.
0: That sounds like a really important application. Do you have any other examples?
1: Sure thing. One example is Vaishnavism, one of the major monotheistic religions originating in India. Vaishnavism believes that Vishnu is the supreme god who is worshipped in multiple forms, for example, as an avatar or incorporated ration. Vaishnavism also has a number of observances, or perpetrations, that followers must follow in order to be considered truly devoted to Vishnu. For example, Vaishnavites must celebrate certain festivals on specific dates according to specific rules. And again, these rules are based on aspects of Vaishnavism that predate even Vishnu himself. So, Vaishnavism is full of rules and ceremonies, and again, the non-plus theorem can help us discover which observances are necessary for devotees to maintain their faith correctly.
0: That's quite a list. So, do you have any final thoughts on the non-plus
1: theorem? Well, I think it's interesting that the non-plus theorem holds such a central role in both mathematics and physics and physics. In fact, it's been called the most important mathematical theorem of all time. I suspect that the non-plus theorem will continue to play an important role in both fields for years to come. Thanks for asking me about it. Thanks for asking me about it.
0: It was my pleasure, Jürgen. Stay tuned for more interesting conversations with some of today's leading math and physics experts.
1: Thanks, Thanks. I look forward to it.
0: And that's where the non-plus theorem comes in, isn't it?
1: Yes, that's right. The non-plus theorem states that if you have two sets, say A and B, and each set contains some elements that are not in the other set, then there exists a third set C that contains all the elements in A but none of the elements in but none of the elements in B.
0: That seems pretty straightforward at first glance, but how can it be useful?
1: Well, think about it this way: imagine you're looking at two houses that are both on fire. If you only look at one house, you might not be able to tell which one is on fire. But if you combine the data from both houses into one data set, then you can figure out which house is on fire with relative ease. In a similar way, the nonplus theorem can help us figure out which sets contain elements that aren't present in other sets.
0: That makes sense. So how did you come up with the nonplus theorem? Uh,
1: it, it was actually discovered by a French mathematician, uh, Edouard Lebesgue, in 1885. Oh, however. Okay. It took a while for it to be properly understood and applied. In fact, it wasn't until 1935 that Soviet mathematician Lyubov Popova proved its validity using mathematical techniques known as limit theory.
0: That's amazing. So what applications do you think the nonplus theorem has today?
1: There are a lot of applications for the nonplus theorem, but some of them are particularly relevant today. For example, consider sulfonates, compounds made from two or more hydrocarbons connected via an oxygen atom, for example, um, methylene glycol, uh, for example, methylene glycol. Sulfonates are used in a variety of industrial processes incorporated using manufacturing plastics and pharmaceuticals. Unfortunately, sulfonates are also very harmful pollutants because they can react with water vapor to form sulfur dioxide and other toxic compounds. To make things even worse, Sulfonates are notorious for their ability to perpetrations, i.e. they continue to exist for a long time after they're formed, in contrast to most pollutants, which disappear quickly. Consequently, sulfonate pollution is a major problem worldwide, and the non theorem can help us solve it.
0: That sounds like a really important application. Do you have any other examples?
1: Sure thing. One example is Vaishnavism, one of the major monotheistic religions originating in India. Vaishnavism believes that Vishnu is the supreme god who is worshipped in multiple forms, for example, uh, as an avatar or, or incorporated nation. Vaishnavism also has a number of observances or perpetrations that followers must follow in order to be considered truly devoted to Vishnu. For example, Vaishnavites must celebrate certain festivals and specific dates according to specific rules. And again, these rules are based on aspects of Vaishnavism that predate even Vishnu himself. So Vaishnavism is full of rules and ceremonies. And again, the Nonplus Theorem can help us discover which observances are necessary for devotees to maintain their faith, to maintain their faith correctly.
0: That's quite a list. So do you have any final thoughts on the non-plus theorem?
1: Well, I think it's interesting that the non-plus theorem holds such a central role in both mathematics and physics. In fact, it's been called the most important mathematical theorem of all time. I suspect that Xeon Plus theorem will continue play an important role in both years for years or come. Thanks for asking Metaphometa out, posted by Lexman at 11, 10, 27, 2017, 7, 23 p.m. No comments yet. Login or register to post a comment.
0: Well, I think that's all the time we have. Thank you for coming on the show,
1: Jaren. You're welcome, Lex. I enjoyed it.
0: Thanks for listening to the Lexman Artificial Podcast. This episode was dedicated to the Nonplus Theorem a uh, theorem that is both important and applicable today be sure to check back in a few weeks when we'll be talking about another theorem that is sure to interest you i'll leave you with this poem titled the nonplus theorem by kurt vonnegut so what does it mean when the nonplus climbs like a thud through black mathematics and we talk about minus and plus and multiplication in vain it means that one more thing infinitely greater must be done before the universe can end so we'll keep talking until it's done